And we are live. I'm here with Jordan Vichenik. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. No worries, no worries. I had to have you back on because you've got obviously the biggest fight news, title fight news, yeah. featherweight title title fight news for Cage Warriors facing Morgan Charrier on March 20th. We knew it was coming, but how good does it feel that you're in that fight? Yeah, nah, it's good to be fair. That's like the one thing I set out to do a long time ago, so to finally be able to say I'm fighting for world titles, madness. How how does it feel? How does it feel to be in champ camp? Does it feel any different to normal camp? Um, do you know what? I almost did every fight as if it was champ camp, but um, now it's having to learn when to push the pace and when not to, because obviously doesn't matter how fit you are, you can't go 100% for five five-minute rounds. So it's just learning to dictate when to push the pace, when to slow it down. And I'm always learning on the job, so we're getting uh, we're getting the rounds in. Everything these days seems to be about training smarter rather than training harder, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly that. Um, I think I used to be one of the fighters that would burn themselves out, but I've been getting better. I've been listening to my body a bit more. And as ever, we've got the cooking and the uh, <laughs> the coffee making of Jordan yeah, going on at the same see, time. Train hard, eat hard. That's if it I doesn't thought. work out as a fighter, you can have your own cooking show. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> or it'll maybe a retirement. Food. Yeah, it'll be bland food, but it'll be healthy food. <laughs> what are you cooking up for lunch? I'm just having uh, some eggs. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going anything mad today. Uh, I've just had. I've just finished sparring. Did about 20 odd rounds of sparring. Um, and that's not even taking the piss either. They're only three minutes, so we do loads. But um, yeah, I've just finished sparring, just got back. So I'm just going to eat something and then. I'll You're looking re remarkably good condition for someone who's just done a load of sparring. And uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm all right. I don't really get hit that much. I'm quite lucky for that. But um, yeah. I don't know. I've just, I think I was naturally blessed to not get punched as much. Maybe someone's looking out for me. So talk to me about this fight because Morgan Charrier is he burst onto the Cage Warriors scene. He's got a ton of experience. You're used to fighting people with experience. Before your last fight, you obviously fought Steve Amable, who's got a lot of fights under his belt. So um, I'm sure that won't phase you. But um, how, how do you see this fight going and how much of your game plan are you willing to give away to me? <laughs> I think everybody knows what I should do. I'd just uh, <laughs> stay long and pepper him up. I think that's the thing. I think but I'm not going to try to get close and swing with him. But um, yeah, uh, the game plan is to just win, get in there. Again, look, you, you watch any of my fights, I win some striking, some grappling, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, um, kicking, punching. So I, it doesn't really matter. Just as long as I win, that's, that's, that's the main thing for me. I'll just get in there and whatever happens, happens. I need to fight. I need to stop someone because... I'm becoming the split decision eater at the minute, and it's not good. <laughs> well, we'll come back to that in a minute. But just just keeping on the subject of him for a minute, he's sixteen seven one, so he is beatable. Um, what what holes have you seen in his game? Um, I wouldn't say holes. I'd just say he does some things better than he does others. Um, I'm not going to say any holes in case. In case there ain't, I was there. Yeah, um, 
No, I just think he does some things better than he does others, and he's good at pacing himself. And I'm good at making people not be able to pace themselves. So we're going to have to see how it plays out on the night. Let's see if he can um, he can keep me backing up for the whole five five minutes. And he's got this notoriously huge French fan base. Yeah. Have you had any grief off of them yet? They're known you know for giving opponents grief. <laughs> yeah, everybody said that my my inbox would be like flooded with a French abuse. I, I could probably count on one hand the amount of messages I've had from French people. So, oh really? Yeah, I was expecting it to be like every day, constant. But maybe when the fight got announced, I had a couple. If I post a picture or anything, I probably get two or three people comment on it, and all they put is French flags and the little pirate emblem. So it's nothing. I probably got the worst for the Paul Hughes one. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that we we still don't know. They've sold tickets for these Cage Warriors, but we don't know whether they'll be a, able to have any fans in. I guess at the moment, but I wouldn't imagine any of his fan base are able to travel over from France. Nah, I think nah. They're going to see Mr. Worldwide get that beating Irish, beating French. Yeah, they're going to see it, but I don't know. I think, even though it's in the UK, there's probably going to be more French people there than there is British people anyway, if there is people there, but I don't know. I, I get pestered by everybody that's bought tickets saying, oh, look, are we allowed to come in? I don't know. Yeah. We'll be doing myself. So I'll literally just say to them, you know as much as me. Yeah, let's put it out there now. Nobody bother Jordan while he's in yeah, <laughs> the yeah. camp for the biggest fight of his life. He doesn't know the answer yet. <laughs> if you know me anyway and you talk to me, I don't really reply to messages that much anyway. I'm so busy. I just leave my phone and I'll see. Oh, sorry, I missed your message. I've only just seen it 12 weeks later. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I want to go back to the fight that got you the title fight, the fight against Paul Hughes. It was one of the highlights of the last trilogy. It yeah. was such an amazing fight. What What are your thoughts looking back on the fight? Just, um, just a, a good war. Again, it's like one of them things. I, I, you take a lot away from a loss, then you do a win. Even though I got the win, it's still almost like a loss because it was so close, split decision. So there's so many things I can look back on: what were wrong, what were right, what I can keep in the game, and what I can get rid of. So, obviously, I'm not. I obviously I'm happy I got the win, but I'd be more happy if it was a stoppage or if it was a clear cut. Yeah, he definitely won that way. I think it's if you like Paul Hughes, you thought he won, and if you liked me, you thought I won. So um, I just uh, and if I win the world, well, when I win the world title, um, and if Hughes wins his fight, I'm more than happy to get that one again over five rounds. Even if you just want to do it over three rounds, and you know what I mean, because. You might have the old excuse that, yeah, five rounds, Jordan will be able to do it for fitness, for technique. We'll, we'll go whatever, three, five, ten, twenty, doesn't matter. Well, it, it was a great fight. And like you say, there, it was, um, you know, people in his camp definitely felt like he got the yeah. victory. And I'm sure all of your fans could see it for you. When it went to the judges' scorecards, what, what were your thoughts then? Were, you can see by it, my face, I thought I lost. Especially with the last... Um, I was trying to sort of think it in my head, and when I, he took me down, then I scored the takedown back, and I thought, right, I'm up here. And then against the fence, he hit the switch once, and he hit it twice, and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. And then I thought, right, and then I was chasing it for the rest of the fight, and I, <coughs> I'm not lying, I said it to Paul Hughes straight after the fight. I said, look, I thought you won that, and, and at, the t at the time, I did think he won the fight. Yeah, um, and watching, and it back. watching it back, I can see why the judges did... Um, go my way. I was landing the cleaner shots. I was landing the harder shots. 
even though the commentators, I just don't think the commentators like me. That the Brad is alright. It's the other one. I think that guy don't like me, man. Because no matter what I was doing, Dan Strauss wasn't it? Listen, if I have bloody seven twenty suplexed him, he wouldn't say, "Oh, it was amazing suplex." He'd say, "Oh, but look at the way Paul landed. It was lovely." So I think it's just one of them. If you were a fifty-fifty guy, you didn't like me or you didn't like Paul, the commentary would have made you biased to Paul anyway because of how much they were licking his ass. So what can you do? <laughs> is it weird watching it back with commentary and does it kind yeah, of it's irritate annoying. you Especially at all? when they're like, oh, Hughes is landing the, the more powerful shots and Jordan's shots are pit a pat and I was thinking, eh, what fight are you watching? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was actually thinking, what? I'm clean, clean cracking in the shots and they're saying they're pit a pat shots. I'm thinking, all right then. So where do the judges sit, and do they sit anywhere near the commentary team? Because that is I something that comes to my mind. They, the judges seen the shots that were landing, yeah. Because I had, a, yeah. I, had a, uh, I had one of the judges speaking after about it. So obviously there was a lot of controversy straight after the fight with it. And one of the judges I had been saying he was just landing the cleaner, heavier shots, and it was apparent. Maybe it wasn't apparent on video, but when you're in there. I mean, my hands were sore after that fight. I was lumping him up with some good ones. So Paul Hughes has definitely got a chin because I was cracking it. Uh, Alexander Hanna said the commentators ignored the cage grabs too. Yes, exactly that. Um, that that was a clean pickup. I was going for the Daniel Cormier, Josh Barnett on him there. He was going to get. He was going to be doing a front flip. I'm telling you. And, and it, in the moment, because I'm just picking up the leg, so I don't know what's happening with his hands. And in the moment, yeah. I looked at it. And then the next thing you hit a switch and I thought to myself, what the fuck just happened there? I literally thought in my head, there's, there's no way I couldn't have got that. And then obviously when you watch back the cage grabs, because my co commentator, um, my cornerman didn't tell me, oh, he's grabbing the fence or anything like that. So, and, and I didn't hear the ref saying, watch the fence grabs or anything like that. So to me, I thought, fuck this guy, he's like a cat, can't fucking put him on his back. But, um, <laughs> and, and a lot of people do say the narrative of the, the first round would have went a lot different if he didn't grab the fence and yeah it would have all right maybe i couldn't have kept him down for the whole of the first round but it's damn hard to get back up with me when i take it down and i'll knacker you out when you're trying to get back up and that could have changed the the rest of the fight i could have kept him on for two minutes he would have really struggled to get up finally got up break away he spilled the lactic acid and it could have changed the whole thing but obviously obviously not yeah alexander recognizes that too yeah. Thomas, Thomas Lennox is, has got a few shout-outs for you. He says he can't wait for it. Jordan will win. Yeah. He sounds really pumped. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. He will kill him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, he knows. He knows. One from Stoneboy said, the last fight with Paul Hughes was epic. What, if anything, will you do different for Morgan? Um, <clears throat> I think with Morgan, you've got to take a completely different approach than you do with um, Hughes. Um, again, yeah. it's just... You've got to be a tactician. This is what my MMA coach always says. Um, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try be the new school GSD. You know, every fight was different, and every fight you had a game plan for reaching. And styles make fights, and the way you go about a fight is the best way to do it. So I'm going to game plan. I won't give too much away, but there's like little things. Even with the Paul Hughes, you watch all the Paul Hughes fight. When he drops down for a double leg, he picks you up. He turns, walks to the center, and puts you back down. I said mm -hmm. to my coach before it. If he gets down and he links his hands, I'll sit my bum to the floor. I will not let him pick me up. <clears throat> you watch it back in the second round. He gets in, he links his hands. I sit my bum to the ground. 
he tries to pull me out, then we get into a scramble and I come back up on top. And it's just little things like that. <coughs> I have I already had that in my head. As soon as he goes to double leg me and I'm gonna sit my bum to the ground, I'd rather be sat against uh sat on the ground my back against the fence than be took to the middle and uh, have to scramble up from there. So same again with Morgan Shari, I'm just working all these little things, working all the things he does good and trying to be better at what he does. I love it. I love to hear the way your brain works and the way you've broken it down and the things you think about. And actually, it's easier for me to ask you about the opponent you've already fought because you're able to give more away than yeah, exactly the one that, yeah. that you're about to fight. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and same with Hughes. If you look at all of his fights, his main thing on the ground is he looks to take you back. So when we were on the ground and he had the half guard, he had the underhook on the side so I couldn't face into him. I could only turn away. And I knew he wanted me to turn away, but it's because I'd game planned and I knew, right, he wants me to turn away. So to people, it might look like I didn't have that much of an idea on the ground, or maybe people are like, oh, scrum game's pretty flawed because he stayed there for a while. Yeah, I stayed there for a while because I couldn't turn in because he had the underhook. And if I turned away, I'd give him his best thing, which is giving him the back. So yeah. it's just catch-22, really. If I, if I took, if I gave him my back, he could have submitted me. If I stayed there, I landed, I landed shots, but if I'd given my back, could have got submitted. If I stayed there landing shots, I ain't going to get finished with shots. So um, you just have to play the game. And then in the interview, Paul Hughes said, he said, if there was 10 seconds left at the first round, he'd have stopped me. I don't know where where he gets that from because even in the last, I heard the 10-second uh, clack, clacker. So when he yeah. started trying to go for big shots, I thought, I can give you my back now. There's no way you'll submit me in, in uh, 10 seconds. I knew there was 10 seconds there. So I was spinning, turning, moving. And the elbows he's landing, especially in the blitz, nothing landed. If you actually watch the video back, I jump straight back up and go, I'm all right. Because I thought that must have looked quite bad, the finish. But I wasn't even getting cracked. But I think I got hit with three elbows and they were the three first clean ones he landed. And uh, that ain't nothing. I can't wait to watch it back again now, just with all the things that you've told me yeah, in this watch. little chat I'm, here. I'm, I'm a game planner. I've got a little game plan for them. And I said this in my interview after. I'm one of the best in the world, and I'm going to be one of the best in the world at game planning on the spot. When the game plan works, then going right, switching it up. I've got, I've got plan A, B, C. I've got all them. All the plans are all tucked away in the back pocket, ready for when I need them in the fight. Well, that's that's what really does make a great fighter is the people who can game plan on the spot and read how a fight's going and adapt as the fight goes on because. Yeah. You know, like Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the face. Like, exactly, <laughs> you yeah. need to be able to roll with what's going on in there. But yeah, you, exactly. you touched on that interview that um, he gave where, where he said that. I saw that as well. Um, and they kind of asked him his prediction for, for this fight. And he, he didn't really give an answer one way or the other. He said, you're a dog, which I take to mean. He also said that Charrier hasn't been pushed. Um, yeah too much in cage warriors so far um and i think he's saying that kind of you're going to give him the toughest fight particularly if you can drag it into the later rounds so uh -huh. what, what did you think of that yeah you can't really downplay me because the fight was so close if you yeah. said i was shit then people would be like well, what does that make you then do you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah. you have to say i'm really good um but yeah, I think that seems to be the narrative a lot of people are going for. If it gets pushed into the later rounds, that's where Vichenko's going to do the most damage. I'm going to do the damage in the early rounds, I'm telling you. I'm going to start yeah. off with damage and finish with big damage. That's how it's going to go. There's I no love how excited 
Tom Thomas Lennox is the belt is coming home. Yeah, all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Stoneboy says, "When you beat Morgan, what will we see next from you?" Um, whatever the matchmakers, whatever Ian and Graham want, um, whether that be stay defend. Look, I think the MMA world would love for me to win that belt. Well, well, well. If I won the belt, because they probably love for him to win, but. When I win the belt, um, I'm sure the MMA world are going to love to see five rounds against Paul Hughes. I'd love to see five rounds, me against Paul Hughes, so let's get it on. But Paul Hughes has got a very hard fight, and we spoke to each other on the bus on the way home after the fight. He gave me some white chocolate, and I like eating, so I let him sit down. We, we had a <laughs> And he said to me after, he said, look, I don't see anybody in the division that is on our level i think me and you are the top um and i did actually say to him i said i think there's a guy james hendon i think he is up there with us that's a really hard fight in the division and um i said to paul i think that's who you're going to get next and he sort of dismissed it a little as if i don't think he maybe knew who james hendon was but i was meant to fight um james hendon before the steve aimable fight i'm sure and i don't know what happened but it didn't um come to fruition he didn't fight and i got steve aimable instead so i've already watch this guy with the intention yeah. of fighting so i know how good he is and he beat jordan barton on the last one maybe not a lot of people know who jordan barton is but that guy's legit so i knew when he beat him that um that, that guy's going to be a problem yeah james is a serious contender and yeah. i'm i'm glad to hear you say that that is a, a you know another tough fight for paul hughes and he can't uh -huh. be um taking that one lightly or looking past him in any way. But I, I think you're right. I don't think anyone would argue with seeing you two fight again, and especially over five rounds. Do you think it would take five rounds? Right, so this is my this is my thoughts. Yeah, I'm probably one of the fittest guys in the division and five rounds is gonna favor me. But when I get to the UFC, we're back down to three. So I need to start putting guys away in three and not focusing on five. I can't have, yeah, I'm going to be the man that I've got five round fights because if I want to get to that UFC belt, I'm going to have to do a hell of a lot of three five minute rounds to get up to that five five. So I'm not thinking like that. That's why I'm saying I'm looking to push the pace straight away. That's the second time that you've brought up not wanting to go to decisions. So is this something that's in your mind? Are you kind of fixated on getting a finish this time? Well, yeah, well, there's a guy at our gym called Haddy, and we always call him the split decisionator. We always say, look, you make a four out of any fight, and my bloody last two fights have been split decisions. So he's giving me the old split decisionator, yeah, and I'm like, oh. So I need to get a finish just so I can not go back to terrorising him and call him split decision. <laughs> All the motivation that you need. Mm-hmm. The, the fake Mancunian said, who would be a dream sparring partner for you? Um, I don't actually know, to be fair. I've sparred with some really high-level guys. I've been fucking battered by some really high-level guys as well. Um, I sparred with, like, Darren Till and all that and stuff like that. And, How was that? Uh, it was good, to be fair. Bit but a bit of differential there. <laughs> yeah, we come off the mats and he was still punching me, so he's got that killer instinct in him. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah, no, um, dream sparring. I'd like to spar with Max Holloway, to be fair, just to see how high level he is because he destroys people and things. And, and yeah. if I'm honest, I really think I'm going to give him problems. I really do. Like, 
you might a lot of people used to say to me I was deluded when I used to say how far I wanted to go in MMA, but I'm really not deluded with how far I do want to go and especially watching the Qatar and um, Max Holloway fight, everyone's What like, did you think of that fight? Yeah, I just thought it was wicked to be fair, I just love to watch yeah. it. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's such a high level. And I'm like, I'm going to be there fighting them guys. I'm like, like you think it's mad, but I'm going to be there fighting them guys soon. So um, I'm watching it with like a, a, an eager eye, like, all right, trying to, still trying to pick up what each guy does wrong and what each guy does right. So. And what did you think about his fights with Volkanovski? And did you agree with the decisions in those? Um, not the second one I didn't, maybe the first one I did, but the second one, especially after that first round. Maybe I'm trying to emulate something like um, Holloway did to Volkanovski in that first round, peppering him up, dropping him a head kick right at the end. Uh, let's do that, but let's go have a different decision at the end. Let's have the taller, longer guy winning than the little short, stocky guy. And uh, Volkanovski's next title defence is coming up shortly against Brian Ortega. So yeah. had... What's the, what's the fight prediction for that? That I mean, that will be your weight class in the UFC when you enter it. Yeah, I think Volkanovski will win that, to be fair. I think he's very strong and um, just a bit of a brute, so I think he can get to work on um, Ortega and bully him up a bit. I can imagine him being hard to submit on the ground because he's that short, stocky, strong build. So um, those clean submissions, I can imagine he can power out a lot of them. So we'll just need to see. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. The Dirty Old Podcast said you spoke about you being out on your own with Paul and James. Who's being them to look out for? Oh, I guess he's saying who's the ones to look out for in the future in your um, division? There's so many good guys in the division. Uh, and guys who have got some losses on the record. And I think it's crazy you've got these losses because you are legit. Yeah, I think that the I, I do think that division featherweight in the UFC is the most talent stacked. Um, like there's the Ben Ellis, the ground and pound guy. There's um, James Hendon, Paul Hughes, Morgan Charrier, um, the guy who just lost against um, Ben Ellis. Even he's a real legit guy. Um, the guy with the mental hair, yeah, the big afro when we were there. Um, him. There's just so many guys coming through. The Emre Sonmez, the new Simon they've got. The guy I don't know where he's from. There's just so many guys. Where Aiden Steven and, and yeah, Steve Aimeable up there. Steve all these guys where it's like any fight could go either way. One could beat one, he beat him and he beat him. That's just how this division is at the minute. So um, I need to get in, get these wins and get out because they're going to catch up some of these guys are, man. And they're legit and I'm not stupid into thinking that um, none of these guys ain't because on any given day, any of these guys can win. That's what I love about it. And I do think, you yeah. know, Cage Warriors is absolutely stacked. And I, I've said it before, I say it again, I love the matchmaking. I love that you can see, like, after your fight with Paul Hughes, you were yeah. the natural number one contender. Paul Hughes said he was told that there's two number one contenders and his shot's next. So, um, yeah, it's just I love that you can work out the storylines and uh -huh. and just there's a real clear path to the title um exactly the dirty old podcast this is glenn hi glenn uh, i think featherweight is the most interesting on the cage warriors roster so many guys close to the title no one is out on their own yeah literally no one's that clear cut above the division but that's just yeah. how mma is getting at the minute everyone's getting so good at wrestling grappling um striking everything so it's just so close the margins again it's it's at this level, we're 
the top sort of 15 guys in Cage Warriors are all UFC level. You can't deny that. There's None of them are going to be out of place in the UFC. So, we're How do you think of how some Cage Warriors champs are getting on in the UFC? Like, or, or not even champs, but just people going to the fun, UFC. Yeah. Well, again, it's sort of a hit and miss with it, really, again. And it's like... Like Brees McKee that's just got to the UFC. A lot of guys were like, that Brees McKee's not that good. I'm like, he's an animal, that guy is like it just the UFC's just such a hard thing. And they're like, oh, is he? I'm like, that guy's sick. Like that guy yeah. literally like he beat Jeff. Jeff's and George. I trained with Jeff and Jeff's an animal and he knocked Jeff out and I just say this like that they're, they're monsters, but the UFC's just no joke. You've gotta be all in or or you're gonna get hurt and that's just how it is. And, I'm sure savage that match um, matchmaking for him as well, and I think it was yeah. pretty savage to cut him after two. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And look, I know it's, people say that thing with the UFC, like um, if you turn them down, that's sort of your chance gone. But I'm not. I'm not one of them. I'm not scared to turn it down. If if I, I get offered a fight and it's like a stupid fight, I'm not scared to turn it down because if you keep winning, and you keep knocking down the doors, you'll get back in again. So. I know a lot of people might think, what the fuck? That's a weird thing to say, but if I got offered Chimaev on three days' notice, uh, I'd rather just say, nah, I'm all right, than go in there and get destroyed for fucking four minutes, 50 seconds or whatever, and then get TKO, do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. But yeah. on that note, Morgan Chapier himself has just signed a, a three-fight contract, I think, or an extension on his contract with Cage Warriors. So yeah. clearly he's not intending on going anywhere no matter yeah. what happens after this um yes um yeah i don't really have anything um anything to say on that i don't really pay attention to that i'm just so focused on the fight i know he's yeah free fight deal but um i've just got to be tunnel vision on this fight i've got to just be tunnel vision on this one and not think about what's going to come next or who's going to come next they're in the back of my mind and i've started working little plans out for them but for the main thing is tunnel vision on morgan chariot Oh, perfect. Perfect answer. I love to hear it. I am so, so buzzing for this fight. I'm so excited to see it. I'm so excited for the whole trilogy event. And this for me is the jewel in the crown. So um, yeah. I wish you all the very, very best with the rest of Champ Camp and just be the, the most fit and healthy version of yourself you can be on fight night. We're all behind yeah. you. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Were there any sponsors or anyone you wanted to thank or shout out? Um, yeah, see, I need to get them ripped down before I come on. So I've got, Sorry, that's um, my fault. I should have reminded Yeah, you. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bailey Skip Hire, they've just come on board. So they've uh, helped me be able to just uh, train the whole way through. I've not had to worry about personal training. Obviously, I can't in the lockdown anyway. But they've just kept me afloat, kept all my bills paid. Same with TR Scaffold and the food station uh, in Corby. Again, these have all come on. They've all helped me um, with money rising to just being able to put everything I can into the camp. Um, I've got Stand and Tan, um, Cher Wilson. That's my day one sponsor. She's been there from day one. I've got Kev Martin at uh, Carbon Security, my second sponsor. Again, he's just um, always helped me out, always kept me going if I need anything. He's got um, Wish the fight where Wayne, I've been with him, he said to me, I look good today in sparring. So I'll take that. Um, and is there any else? Is there any else? If there is any else, I forgot you and I'm not very good. But she's put me on the spot, so it's her fault. Um, yeah, yeah, it is so my that's, fault. That's all I can think of at the minute. I'm sure there is a couple.
I'm sure there's a couple of others, and I'll, I'll get them put in the, the thing we have. Yeah, we can we can post some oh, links wait, to them. Yeah, How yeah, could yeah. you forget? <laughs> I know, Jesus. It's because I'm covered up at the internet. I can't tell. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm super, super excited. You said weight's good, so I'm just, yeah. uh, I'm just hoping that you know you have a very healthy and safe and all the rest of it end of camp. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm feeling good for this one. So no injuries at all, everything. Same as the last one, no injuries, no excuses. Let's just get in and get the job done. Best of skill to you, Jordan. Thank you so much no, for your time. No, thank you. All right, you take care, okay? Thank you for having and me. And you. Again. All right, bye-bye. Thank you.